Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Debate Date with Melly. Today, I know it's been a while and I'm so happy to be back. Things have been really busy. I hope the audience, all you guys are wonderful and blessed. Uh, we've got midterms coming up. I hope people show up on Election Day. I know early voted is, uh, voting has started. Um, but what we've learned is that, um, you know, it's it's harder for them to to cheat if we all show up on Election Day in person. But today, I have a really wonderful special guest out of New Mexico. Um, his name is Paul Spencer, and he's from the Blue Water Water Sanitation District. He shared with me some amazing and, and just jaw-dropping uh, information coming out of his district. Um, so I want uh, we're bringing him on today so that he can share exactly what is going on and what the people of New Mexico need to do to jump in, help and stop. So Paul, thank you for being with me today. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you so that you can introduce yourself and uh, share with the people of New Mexico exactly why we are here speak and what we're speaking on today. Yeah, so um, my concerns have gotten even more increased because of what's going on today with the Constitutional Amendment 2 here in the state of New Mexico being misrepresented by uh, legislators and KOAT 7 News and a professional um, political guy as well saying that this this money that is uh, being voted on in the in the uh, anti-donation clause that's in the Constitution Amendment 2 will be going to private entities or private business when in fact they're going to be using this money to create centralized government to create bigger government to pay for and fund Regionalization. Regionalization um, is on the far right side of things because there's a spectrum of regionalization. On the left side, it starts with partnership and it goes to the right and it goes more towards transfer of ownership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wished that they would focus more on collaborating with the communities and talking about their needs and, and which are all of them can relate to. They all need affordable funding and technical assistance, Mm -hmm. but instead they're pushing all their efforts and all their time into pushing this regionalization for transfer of ownership. So what they're, what they're saying is the Michelle Lujan Grisham, um, administration is that these communities at least 500 of them because there's only 650 community public water systems that is they have 15 or more connections or serve greater than 25 people but what they're saying is these small community public water systems or these community public water systems do not have the capacity to operate they don't have the financial capacities don't have the secretarial managerial or operational and so they say hey we're going to come in and save the day we're going to come in we're going to make you a new government we're going to take that authority and that responsibility away from 
the community and we will create a new quasi-government and they will take care of you and we will pay for it. The taxpayers will pay for the new business, the new business structure, the building, the employees, they'll pay for all that. And my question is this, why are we taking away the freedom to liberty and control from a small community government, which is the most important level of government that there is in all of government, so that that community at the local level can express to their federal and and state governments their needs. So what so what um, you're saying is that um, because I did read what you were saying and and, and um, thank you for sending that to me about you know what's what New Mexico citizens are unknowingly voting. They're voting away their freedoms, right, at the polls. So if the constitutional amendment two is passed into law, that's what's going to fund a, a regionalization program, correct? Exactly. And that is what's scary. You're exactly right. They're voting away the freedoms because that responsibility is supposed to be at that, that the, the small or the local level. Mm-hmm. So that the local, there could be local representation. And when they do join this cause by government, they're going to surrender four of the representatives for one to go join a, that new quasi government to represent their community's best interest. And if, anything, if it's anything like the uh, new joint powers agreement that was created in McKinley County, there are eight communities there, but in their bylaws, it limited the amount of chairs or people that can be on the board to five. So that means you have to redistrict those communities into a bigger region and your community may not have any representation at all. Right, right. Well, yeah, if they do it that way. Now, um, those who know me know I'm from Artesia, New Mexico. So we're a really small rural refining town, right? We have a lot of dairies and we have oil and gas. But let me tell you, um, three incidents where my girls had to boil water just to bathe my grandkids because there was E. coli in the system. I mean, and this is more than once. So, and when you live in a small rural town, well, guess what's happening? Everybody's buying out the bottled waters. We only have a Walmart, one, a. Um, We also have, um, I mean, we have a few grocery stores, but when you have a town like that, that is, is you know, can't use the water to cook, can't use it to bathe, can't use it to do anything. What, what, what do you think is going to happen? They're, they're all the bottled water and from Carlsbad, Roswell, um, were bought out because artisans didn't have water. And this happened about three times. So explain, explain to the listeners how that's going to affect a small rural town, like where I'm from in Artesia. Yeah, so when this new quasi-government uh, takes place and your community surrenders their authority and their autonomy, you'll have a new government in- structure in place to control your policies, your water rates, and who works in your system. But well, why are we making bigger government? Why don't we just fund the governments that we already have in place, the small or just the regular community public water systems, there's a few different, you know, you got small ones that are under 500 connections and you got your bigger ones that are like under 10. 
but those are still considered um, rural areas usually. And how it's going to affect them, the regular water user is you're not going to have local control. Right. And local government is the most important level of government that there is. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, even though they're volunteers, their heart and their passion is to make sure that their families have safe, clean, affordable water. The question is, why haven't these folks been able to get the funding needed to update their aging, failing infrastructure for so many decades? Why has it been the last push from the Environmental Protection Agency who was supposed to help us provide these safety measures to provide safe, clean, affordable water? Why have they neglected to make sure that they have the funding to update this infrastructure. You have aging, failing infrastructure all throughout the United States of America, all that have infrastructure that is 40 to 50 to 100 years old. Where is our taxpayers' money going? Why are we not investing in our communities and making sure that they are healthy and that they are safe and that there's no contention among them? Look, I have been seeing a lot of contention amongst these uh, these community uh, public water systems because they're fighting over money. The state and the federal government requires that they they meet their loan portion of this grant funding. And here in New Mexico, eighty five percent of New Mexico communities cannot afford the loan portion of the grant funding. So why are they holding that money hostage? Why don't they make it so, you know, the reason why they can, 85% can't meet that loan portion of the grant funding is because they fall under the medium household income level, uh, as we learned in 2020 census. And so why don't they adjust those rates so that more communities can afford it rather than say, well, you fall under the medium household household income level so um you just don't quite have enough money so we're gonna give it to the communities that do have the money so those communities that have a need which are all of the communities in new mexico a need to update their aging found infrastructure right. we're going to give it to big cities like albuquerque and, and uh las cruces and santa fe and they did just that they did just that last year before the the money was injected, the $50 billion from the bipartisan infrastructure law. They changed the rules and policies without public participation. The Water Commission, New Mexico Water Commission, uh, there was no public participation. And they changed that so that the communities that this was originally intended for, and state revolving funds. They were originally intended for small communities with low population and rural areas. Now, the Water Commission um, held that meeting and they, they uh, changed the rules and they said, well, this is take out rural areas. And they said, nowhere in the Clean Water Act did it define low population so we take those two away and now the bigger cities Albuquerque, Las Cruces, Santa Fe here in New Mexico have access 
to this funding that was set aside for small communities with low population in rural areas. Now, and that's where and, and that's where you said work. that they're going to break it up into bigger districts. So if it's like Las Cruces, um, that's closest to where I'm from in Artesia. Um, so what you know is is that kind of what it what it's going to look like that those districts. Like you said, um, Albuquerque, Las Cruces, Santa Fe. I mean, Santa Fe and Albuquerque are very close to each other anyway. Um, but, you know, this is this is sad. And, 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 and this is, I know many New Mexicans are, you know, we've all just worked so hard in understanding how we ended up where we are today. How we've managed to be last and everything good for, you know, almost 90 years being held legislation aside, Democrats. And so now we're just at a place where they just push what they want. They do what they want, how they want without the public's uh, say, because this is, you know, it looks like they've just been doing this for a long time. But the fact that more new, right, that new, new Mexicans are waking up. And want to be involved and want to learn. It's like they're just pushing it, you know, without the knowledge, which is which is no good. And that's why we have a few a couple of weeks left. And, you know, yes, the governor's race is very important. Uh, Secretary of State's race is very important. But we also need to make sure that our legislation is changed as well, because that's what's really hurt New Mexico. That's how we're going to make major changes in the state of New Mexico. It has to be yes, all the way have, We need to have new leadership all the way around. We need to make sure this constitutional amendment two does not pass so that, because the uh, regionalization is permanent. Once a, a system regionalizes, it's a permanent change of government. And, so, no, and nobody can go in and change that, correct? Say, even if we become Republican on the legislation side, can they, can they undo that? Well, when once a community surrenders that authority and gives up their ownership of that system and they regionalize, there's no going back. And that's what the problem is with this Constitutional Amendment 2, is that it funds, it gives additional funding for those who regionalize. It'll pay for the new workers. And so these communities will be like, yeah, we're volunteers, we're doing all this on our own, we're not getting paid, but this new government will come in and they'll get fully paid, so they'll do it. So my question is, why are we paying a new government to do the job that we're already doing and we've been doing for so long as they have neglected us and and not given us the things that we needed, which is funding, because we have the managerial, the secretarial, and operational capacity. Right. I'm not sure what they're talking about when they say we don't have the capacity or we just not smart enough to operate the system, or is it their rules and regulations and policies are too burdensome, too heavy, that they can't enforce them. And that's exactly what it is. What good is a law if you can't, one, enforce it or you can't fund it? And when these agencies, these government agencies and these organizations are running at such a high vacancy, meaning that they don't have the personnel to operate or run and administer the programs or the funding, and then to turn around and blame it on the community, that is not acceptable. No, it isn't. Michelle Luham Grisham said that we don't have the capacity and their system here in New Mexico, their organizations and their agencies are running at a 30% vacancy. And they, 
like there's right now there's three people in the construction bureau program operating back when i she brought this to light there was five people overseeing 400 projects how does that affect a little small community like yours or any community that how does it affect the taxpayer dollar well it, it's this the engineer that we had here in blue water village in mexico is just about done with the water well and he came to us and said, well, we have $120,000 in overruns. And we said, well, what did you charge us for? Well, we had to make the maps twice. No, sir, you didn't make those maps twice. And well, we, we made a big ruckus about it. And we told our, our legislators and state officials and we had a meeting. And when that meeting came around, we presented the evidence that he only made it once. He settled for $1,250. But during that time of discovery, the Construction Bureau Program found that, and that's in the Mexican Environmental Department, found that the engineer was charging time and material versus lump sum. And all contracts in the state of New Mexico working for the government is supposed to be lump sum. Why did they miss that? Why did they miss that the engineer was charging this time and material for a whole year right. and didn't catch that till the end of the project until we said something? Right. Wow. Wow, so that's yeah. where this gets even worse. The uh, United States Environmental Department reduced its management by 54%, costing taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars in overpaid invoices. <laughs> wow. There's not even, there's only a hundred, there's only 100,000, 115,000 community public water systems throughout the United States of America. Imagine just giving them each a million dollars rather than losing that to construction and to engineers because we don't have the proper oversight at the management level through these government agencies and the environmental protection agencies. That well, I mean, so, and, and that's where we need to start, right, Paul? We need to get the right people in charge and, and the, the ones that are aware of this, aware to, to understand how the money should be allocated, correct? So I guess, you know, speaking about the, the boards, yeah. where, you know, how many, how many have you spoken to and where, and where do they stand? Well, there's some uh, issues going around the state and there's one here in Lima, New Mexico, I'd like to share with you. They applied for $400,000 through the water trust board wow. here. Um, and they uh, received their application back from a technical assistance provider, their Northwest Council of Government, who are, these folks are contracted by the county. Um, each county has one. Um, and throughout the state of New Mexico, so 33 counties, and you have, you know, different places, uh, different COGS. But this is, happens to be the Northwest Council of Government. And they're supposed to represent the best interest of these communities um, and that didn't happen in this application. When Rayma applied for that $400,000, that application was sent back to them and they received it on the 21st and it was due on the 23rd. Wow. Now, that's not even enough time for these communities to make an informed vote on the language that was used on that application. But they called me concerned about 
what was on this application saying, Paul, this did not represent our community. What's going on? What do we do about this? And I read it and I found that it stated in there that Rama was a entity of dissolution, meaning that they were going to dissolve all business with the state of New Mexico from the time of 2000 to 2022. So I asked everybody, you know, knocked on a few doors, called everyone who served, and like, no, we never did that. I don't know where that's coming from. So that was false. The second thing that they that they misrepresented Rima was in that they said that they were a community that was interested in regionalization or supported hmm. hello did we lose you oh we lost him there sorry about that guy so i just wanted to go ahead and finish that um information there this is really compelling this is really very concerning like I said you know being from Artesia you know going through and and, and can you imagine having to boil water every single time that your kids have to take a bath sorry there he is sorry Paul was just going over some more of the information I think we lost you there for a minute go ahead yeah, I try to uh, take out a call that's trying to call me, tell him not to call me, and <laughs> check up on calling. That's okay. Okay. So they misrepresented Rama in another statement that they put on this application, saying that they were were in full agreement or full support. I'm sorry. They said that. Rama and eight other communities were in full support of the regionalization, and that was false. Mm-hmm. They said that Rama was fully participating and active in their activities and planning activities for the Joint Powers Agreement and regionalization efforts. That was false. We later come to find out that this person working for Northwest Council of Governments was copying and pasting from other applications. And that just goes to prove my point that we need affordable funding and technical assistance because when these organizations and agencies are running at such high vacancies, they can't fully support mm-hmm. and do the job that they are hired to do in representing the best interests of these communities. And so mistakes like these are being made I pointed that out with Blue Water where they didn't catch tiny material and now here in Raymond, New Mexico where they were just copying and pasting so they can get the work done and move on to the next project because there's so many projects that need to be done and that's why regionalization for them, the government, is key to shovel out all this funding. As Mike Hammond stated at the regionalization meeting, that they're at full capacity right now. Right. Their government, their agencies are working at full capacity now. All this, we got all $50 billion that just flooded in, this unprecedented amount of money coming into these state revolving funds, and they need to spend it or they'll lose it. And so the key to doing that is 
for communities to regionalize. This is not fair to our community, to the public, to our people, when we've had our ancestors and our fathers fight for our freedoms and fight for our liberties. For them to be now, hey, the only way we can give you this money is if you surrender your autonomy and your authority and your, your ownership. Whenever you lose something, when you lose ownership of something, you lose your freedoms. Right. And that's exactly what they're promoting so that they can fix their issues of not being able to successfully meet their goals or their mission because they don't have the manpower to do that. Right. So what do the so what does each citizen in New Mexico, obviously, especially those that live in the rural areas, what is the most important thing um, for them to do at this moment and going forward? Well, make sure to hold your leaders accountable, your elected officials accountable. Vote for the best ones who will represent your interests, your values, and your uphold the principles that America was founded upon. Make sure you vote no for Constitutional Amendment 2. That will just be giving the government the funding source from our taxpayer dollars to pay for re-governance of water. And when this whole regionalization effort is being supported by the Water Trust Board and the Mexico Environmental Department and the Environmental Department nationwide and the Water Trust Board, where they're all making it changing the rules and the regulations just as they recently did. Um, I, I was there as a state legislator and I heard that they, the Water Trust Board and the uh, New Mexico Finance Authority changed rules and policies to facilitate regionalization so that they, there's all these other programs that are, are benefiting those who will surrender their, uh, their, um, their positions or their, their land their land or their water, uh, they will, when they transfer that ownership, mm-hmm. they will be more qualified than those who are bending in existence for decades and have tried so hard to get the funding that they need. So why are we abandoning those communities who have struggled both so, far, so long and so far so hard, putting everything they have into it, and now we're going to give the money to a new government rather than giving to the government that we have established today. Right. The most important form of government at the local level, and that's a community government. Wow. Yep. So, so you heard it, folks. That's, you know, exactly why um, Paul reached out to me so that I can get him um, all, the, all of those. Now, my social media they've banned me from going live so I can't do videos. So I'm just going to, I need to just use my podcast more. Um, so this is, you know, very important for Paul to speak to all of you in regards to this. Um, and Paul, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but did you also say that they were, um, looking to do this on a national level as well? Yes. The, uh, United States Environmental Protection Agency is promoting regionalization. This is not just something that's happening in New Mexico. New Mexico is claiming to be the leaders of the nation in regionalization, but the EPA is promoting regionalization nationwide. And that's why we got to stop it now. You know, this Constitutional Amendment 2 is being misrepresented on the ballot, and it is being misrepresented on 
KOAT7, where they're saying uh, if you vote for this amendment, yes, that this uh, constitutional amendment to, if you vote yes for it, that the money will go to private energy, to private uh, businesses. No, this is going to your public community uh, businesses, which is your community public water system. And they're doing it so that they can meet economies of scale, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. And they're doing that so that they can have a government takeover over your local community public water system. And that is scary because the 50 year plan, Melanie Stansbury last year said, well, uh, they, they said that uh, there will be a regovernance of water. And in that same training that they had, but only left on the internet for 90 days, you think it was a 50 year plan, they leave it on there a little bit longer. But they only left it up there for 90 days. And they also spoke of a 50 liter home. That's 13 gallons a day per person, per family, per home. And if we surrender our community's autonomy and our ownership of our community, they will have full control over it. They will set the policies, they will set the rates, and they will set how many gallons per day your family can have to, to operate out of. So 13 gallons a day per person per home is what they're shooting for. And that's in the 50-year plan. So by 2050, they plan on having this installed and retrofitting everybody's home so that they can make 500 liters feel like 50 liters. But wait, they can't even afford right now to change out or to address the aging infrastructure, the aging failing infrastructure we have today. So they can't even afford to update your infrastructure now, but they're going to go over there and they're going to, they're going to limit your water usage and uh, if, uh, what you call it, retrofit your home so that 50 liters per day is all you'll be allowed. Wow. See, now that that's what's scary. And, 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 and before we go here, um, I just want to also reiterate what you have stated about KOAT7 News. Um, You're asking them to redact the words that describe this constitutional amendment too, um, because it is falsely being presented um, and their website reads that the constitutional amendment will allow the legislator to appropriate uh, appropriate funds to private entities for major infrastructure, energy and water projects. So and this is this is a a big misconception, correct? Yeah, it's very misleading when, when in fact it's for public systems and it's for communities that public water systems to, to re-govern it for water. So yes, uh, they need to go back there and I think they need to uh, put, put, some, put us on the air and share uh, with uh, New Mexico what their true intentions of regionalization is and the true intentions of what Constitutional Amendment 2 is. And we need to vote no and we need to reach out to uh, KOAT7 and say, hey, you know, tell the public what this really is and redacted that because the the the, uh, the political expert that they used on there to describe what that was that it was for. Wow. Private entities or private business when right, it is for right. public business. Right. Well, thank you for that. So now, Paul, before we go, um, please tell our audience how they can find you, how they can reach out to you. Um, and things as such in case they've got more questions or want to get involved or just, you know, anything as such. How, how can people find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Paul Spencer here in New Mexico. Uh, you can find me on uh, True Social, and you can find me on as Paul Spencer there on uh, Telegram as well. You can uh, feel free to give me a call at 505-287-0156, or you can email me. My email address is unopabloty60 at gmail.com. That's UNO. P-A-B-L-O-C-Y-6-0 at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you, thank Paul. You. I really want to just uh, seriously thank you for bringing this to light um, because, you know, we we the people are the only ones that can stop this from happening. Um, so I encourage all of our listeners today, please share this message. Please talk to your family members so that they understand what is being put forth that will affect our children as they grow up. It's going to affect our grandchildren. Um, but most importantly, this this overreach of government is just becoming too much, where they are just passing things without the public's consent, without the citizens, without the people, understanding what they're doing thoroughly. Um, far too long, they've been just getting away with just hiding stuff in bills, um, you know, using word salads to make it sound like it's something good when we know that it isn't. And we find out the hard way in the long run. So we've got to be able to catch all of this. And it's people like Paul Spencer that, you know, have done tremendous work in, in, in understanding what this is, what it means and how it's going to affect us, not only in New Mexico, but in our country. So share this far and wide. And Paul, once again, thank you so much for reaching out to me um, so that we can get your voice out there and and heard and get the people involved. So God bless you for all of that. Thank you, Melinda. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Melinda Rivera with Debate Date with Melly. And until next time, God bless you. God bless America. God bless New Mexico.